From Westside Church in Bend, Oregon, you're listening to Behind the Message. week we take you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming. And I'm Evan Earwicker, and we are back with Pastor Steve Mickle. Welcome, Steve. Hello, everyone out there. And <laughs> in the, the internet. Trying to bring a little yeah. energy here. <laughs> this is an alien podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brand new series. We're in the book of Psalms, uh, which uh, here's the thing about Psalms for me. It's one of those things wow, like... Wow, are you going to go real deep? Well, <laughs> I feel like you have a big opinion, a hot take. It's, it's it. kind of like when you have to preach on like the love of God. It can be so uh, big and generic and almost vague that it's hard to actually make a point, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's true, Evan. That's why this series is... We've gotten all topical on it. You know, I mean, we're just going to talk about lamenting and joy and hope and just all kinds of different topics that will... That, you know, Psalms brings out. Yeah. And the fact that we can kind of reach back through history and gain this beautiful picture of God yeah. and ourselves from something so ancient. Yeah. I mean, most of, them, most of them were written by King David, you know, thousands of years ago. And actually the whole book of Psalms was written over a course of a thousand years. And then the church fathers kind of collated it and put it all together wow. in, in five distinct books that make up the whole, the one book of Psalms. So it's really intriguing if you actually want to learn more about the, you know, the, underside of it. So one thing real quick, and this is kind of an interesting way to go behind the message before we really get into more of the content. You preach this message and it came out over video. What's that like to not teach this in front of at least, you know, one big full service and yeah, to have it recorded? This that's time? interesting, Ben, because not only did I preach it to our staff of about 30 people in the, in the worship center, this, you know, massive room with just 30 people in it, bright lights, <laughs> a camera on, um, that's just odd. But also I preached it. Um, we were still halfway through our emotional health series uh-huh. when I preached this message. And so I had just gotten done talking about part two of facing your shadow. And the very next week I'm having to, you know, launch the Psalm series that we're not even launching until three or four weeks after I preached it. So that's really, you just kind of, you just, it's just part of, you know, some of the things that we have to do around here yeah. to, to, uh, capture the message and because of just our lives and whatnot. And so, but preaching in the room, um, you know, you're hoping people will laugh <laughs> really loudly so that it feels like there's a there's a gathering there, but it's just different. Yeah. yeah you just laugh at yourself, I guess. I That's do. Uh, anyway. There was like, maybe it was a year ago, year and a half ago, you preached a message and you felt like what you preached on Saturday night was what you wanted to show on Sunday. How was it sitting in the room watching yourself preach? I tried to. On screen. It's, it's really, it's, yeah, you have to get past. Oh, I look awful. And I, oh my goodness. I said that, you know, you have to get past that and just realize that there was a reason why we felt like that was right to do because the message was so God breathed in the moment. And you just have to focus in on that and hope that, that you were right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that God is in the message. Yeah. Yeah. And for that one, that you, it really was, it was, yeah. it, you know, the people responded very well to video. Um, and so we're actually, I'm hoping that as a church, we'll kind of lean more into video. It's funny as I'm preaching on a, in a full weekend, um, 80% of the crowd is not looking at me on the stage. They are looking at the screens or on their the Instagram side. or the, <laughs> stop. I don't, I don't want to think that <laughs> absolutely. Or ESPN. Notes, <laughs> I, I look at the screen probably yeah. 
more than half the time. Yeah, yeah so I'm looking at the crowd, and they're looking away from me right. as I'm looking at the crowd. It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I think video will actually work. And people yeah. interact at Leader Advance just a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago now when everybody's listening to this podcast, we had a, a long message on there, you know, and the speaker was going, yeah, okay, so everybody that's done such and such, raise your hand. And I'm like, raising my hand. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> She's not even <laughs> see me. She doesn't care. <laughs> and then we all applauded for her after yeah, exactly. she was done. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was so great. So it, it, it works. Yeah, but it so with Psalms as a whole, what are we trying to accomplish, you guys? What do we want people to come away with after all these messages that we're going to do on the different topics in Psalms? What do we want people to come away with? Well, for me, most people, um, even in the church, don't know how to express themselves uh, to God. They don't know how to be open um, with their life uh, before Him. And the Psalms gives us a language to do that. They they do it for us in a sense. And what I would love to see almost every weekend, I would love to see people start writing out prayers and thoughts and uh, uh, emotions that they have toward God, towards others, because um, that's what we're going to be reading about all summer long yeah. is people that did that. You know, I mean, you got David sometimes saying that he hates people or that he wants God to, you know, kill his enemies and things like this. These are things that most of us would not actually say out loud, um, but. <laughs> To write those things down, the frustrations that we have, the hopes and dreams, and and express that uh, in some fashion. Um, I, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to that as we go through the summer. The average person, I think, will struggle with this concept of self-disclosure expression. Um, I think in our society, it's like, well, that's that's for the artists and the musicians and you know the the writers. But for the average person, the thought of self-expression and really getting in touch with where you're really at and then disclosing that, not even just to other people, but to yourself, is kind of an intimidating thing. Yeah. And I'm hoping people will lean into it because what I think of that, Evan, is I think people have locked themselves away. Their emotions, their feelings, their what they really want. Um, what they, you know, what they wish God had done for them and hadn't, they just lock all that stuff away. And eventually, just like anything that's toxic, if you put it, if you don't let it out, it's going to fester and create problems in the future. And so I'm hoping that people will really lean into this because it's good for them to express themselves. Um, And the thing about it is we're not going to be asking people to do that with someone. This yeah. series is not about disclosure with my wife or my husband or my good friend. It's about God. And that and God is a safe place. He's not like taking your secrets and <laughs> sharing them with so and so or letting your pastor know yeah. what those are. It's very much it's safe environment and not only that, he's not looking to like um, ridicule you for whatever you're feeling or whatever you're going through or whatever thoughts that you write down or or you know, think about he actually is fully embracing you in that, whatever that is, yeah. you know, and I think that's a great, great thing for people to understand. It seems like we're such a curated culture now where we put out just whatever is best and perfect and idealized about ourselves. And I think that that has crept into even how we approach God, you know, to where it's not just, I want my Facebook and my Instagram to look pretty. Yeah. When I come to church, when I pray, I want I want to feel like I'm also putting that idealized version of myself before and why God. have we fostered that kind of culture? Uh, that's one of the more interesting things that I re- see when I read the Psalms is that 
guys like David are going, yeah, God, just come down, destroy all my enemies, you know, take their children's heads and dash them against the rocks. <laughs> and then it says at the top of the psalm, this is for the choir director, you know, like, hey, if you guys could sing this at our next big gathering, you know, it's, it was a little bit more of a, of kind of a public acceptance of emotions. And I'm not saying that, like you said, we don't need to publish all this stuff all the time, every single little thought that we had. But it's clear that there's a disconnect between a culture that once upon a time was a little bit more understanding with some degree of emotions, or at least open about it. And then the current one that we have where every kind of emotion, if it's not edited, it doesn't go need to go out in front of everyone. Edited emotion. Isn't that that's an interesting phrase, Ben. Edited emotion. So that's really not emotion at all. That's not authentic, right. true. Yeah. That's a performance. That's right? a performance. Exactly. It's a performance. And to be honest, I'm so ready for some other people to be honest. I mean, this last year for me, <laughs> I just got to be honest, you guys. This last year, I am, I am kind of done at the moment right now. Let me tell you another story about how much of a jerk I am, you know, or how depressed I am. You know, I'm just like somebody else do this. You know, write it down yourself. You know, everybody and, talks about how our church is so authentic, and sometimes you think actually. Just Steve is authentic, and we kind of get that reputation. But or are they just sad? <laughs> no, we're good with you being the only one that's transparent, Steve. No, we're going to stop this. And I'm not, you know, obviously it's it's about it's it is full disclosure. But it, I don't want, I don't want, I do have edited versions of myself. Mm-hmm. I edit everything from from the people I work with to my relationship with my wife. I I I try to put good faces on stuff and. There's got to be a place where we don't edit, Mm -hmm. you know, that we can just really be who we are. And not only in the sadness and grief, but also I found something really interesting is people don't celebrate very well either. I mean, you almost feel guilty, you know, putting out on Facebook how happy you are because people are going to be like, oh, well, (laughs) that can't be true or I'm not that happy. And I was like, let's lean into our joy as well. Let's lean into our like victories and and celebrate that together. Um, That would be amazing. That was one of the interesting things when Casey went on sabbatical and he went to New Zealand. He came back and he was talking to me. He said, yeah, did I, did I like post on my Instagram too much about like the pictures? And I'm like, dude, just shut up. <laughs> who, cares? <laughs> who cares? Who cares if people think you're overposting? You know, this gets to be your album for the rest of your life. If you want to celebrate it, you go ahead and, and celebrate it. You know, if you want to talk about it, go ahead and talk about it. Because I, I find that huh. interesting. The celebration aspect of our culture is in my in my opinion, and maybe it's just because I fall more on the side of of celebrating and getting excited. It's kind of lacking. Like when my wife went through nursing school, she would finish a test, and in her mind, it was like, "Okay, I got an A. Good expectations. We're moving on." And I was like, "Whoa, we're gonna party! Like here we go. We're going out." She's like, "No, no, no, no. We don't celebrate that. We will lament if I get a C, you know. Um, but but if I get an A, you know, yeah, whatever. You know, let's just kind of keep going on that. Why don't Why don't we celebrate a little bit? More? Yeah, we like I to keep it on the down low. Yeah. I mean, it's very interesting. I'm not sure why we do that. It's and a I... weird pressure to be modest hmm. about things in our life. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, though, that this series is coming on the tail end of the Emotional Health series, because I think you can't have this expression uh, without a healthy environment to express it in. Right. Yes. You know, even that that pressure that Casey felt. You know, I just got back from vacation, same thing. Every time you post, should I post this? Yeah. What's the backlash going to be? How many people are going to resent me? 
Uh, I do. I mean, these Italy pictures, Evan, that you sent were well, amazing. Well, Italy crosses the oh, line. Oh, my goodness. Italy crosses the line. Yeah, you can post on New Zealand. Don't. Yeah. It was pretty stunning stuff. But the, the struggle is real, right? It is real. Yeah. And I think the more emotionally healthy the environment, the more free you feel to be yourself. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, if I went on a vacation, um, I would never feel pressured not to share that with like my family, my parents, or, you know, because there's safety there. And I think sometimes in the community, there's not as much safety. But we're fine, like, if you were in a car accident on your vacation, God forbid. But we'll post that. Right, right. We'll post our lows no, way more true. often than our highs. And I, and I, and I, I read the Psalms, it's all there. And I think that, for me, is going to be something I really want to lean into as well, is because I don't want to always be sad. I don't want to always be reporting my brokenness. Yeah. I want to also be reporting, hey, I mean, you know, life is great hey, right now. your team won state for the 19th time. Yeah, you know, that that's supposed thing. to happen this weekend. <laughs> but by the time they listen to this, yes, yeah, Summit Tennis will have won four, <laughs> four years in a row. Go Storm. This wow. is really, I shouldn't be doing this right now because we haven't even played yet. But I love it. Don't jinx I, it, Steve. And I've been coaching for four years. It's just interesting, the timing of that four state titles and I've been involved mm. for four years. Yeah, it's I don't crazy. see a connection. Hmm? No? But... <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to lament. Uh, just <laughs> no, thinking about, because uh, we are topically going through Psalms, yeah. and so we're going to talk about things like lament, and we're going to talk about things like joy. What's, what's one of the more intriguing topics as we're going through Psalms and talking about all these things? Not necessarily one that you're specifically going to preach, but what's one of the more intriguing ones that you're thinking about? Well, I have all the good ones, so the, they, they are mine, <laughs> um, the ones that are intriguing. But actually, remember, we're going to do a, a message called Remember, and all of the Psalms, most of the Psalms have some kind of remembering in them. And and it's interesting that you can't, um, we, we can't really move forward without looking back. And if you don't remember what God has done or how he came through in one situation for you, then it doesn't inform you or your kids or the next generation uh, about the goodness of God. So we have to remember that's really important. And I think the Psalms does that really well. I mean, it's constantly going back to celebrate present as well as future. And so I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about that, that message yeah. um, because it's going, it really will inform the rest of the series because all of the Psalms has some, they have some component of that. Yeah, remember when God, you know, saved us from the Egyptians? Do you remember when God, mm. you know, walked us through the Red Sea? Do you remember when, you know, and all of that is the basis for our celebration, for our praise, for our faith, for trusting in God and all the things that we deal with. That's such an unexpected one. I, I probably wouldn't have, thought that you had said that, but you're absolutely right. And I love uh, what our worship pastor, Corey Parnell, says. He says, you know, a, a song is just a really easy-to-remember sermon that kind of sticks in your heart. And that was one of the main purposes behind these psalms is so that people could go back and could remember. And I've been thinking about ways that we can kind of redeem social media in the current age because there's a lot of negativity to it. I think there's potential if we're willing to celebrate, especially, you know, on platforms like that. It doesn't have to be that. But where people in a difficult time can actually scroll down the timeline and go, oh, remember when God did that. Yeah. I'm going to rest in that and knowing that he came through and he can come through for me again. That's right. Well, and an, an experience in worship or prayer or your walk with Christ without an element of gratitude, and gratitude requires that you look back, right? Because what are you right. grateful for? Well, it's what's already happened. You remove that and it becomes very selfish, I think. It becomes very me-focused. Is what do I need today? Mm-hmm. God, you better come through with 
removing that piece of God, thank you for what you've done. I'm so grateful, you know, for the mercy that you've given. Yep. And I'm going to, I have another message that is gratitude, Evan, as well, that we're going to be talking about. And it is all about remembering. And actually, um, you guys remember the series we did over a year ago, right after Easter on happiness. And we talked about how to, how to be happy and gratitude is, is central. If people that are ungrateful are not happy. By and large, and I think the the Psalms will help us to remember the goodness of God. And oh, my life isn't <laughs> so bad, you know. Yeah. It actually is really, really good. And to be grateful for those those things that God's given us. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have some really good topics. Thanks for giving me judgment on uh, Father's <laughs> Day. It's going to be great. That How did Father's that happen? It's Father's Day judgment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. If Thanks. you're a dad listening to this, please come to that oh, weekend. My goodness. Evan will be nice. Isn't it funny that on Mother's Day we're mean to dads and on Father's Day we're mean to dads? <laughs> we need to stop that. Seriously, we Every need to day. stop that. Well, Every on Mother's day. day, Bo Stern actually just told everyone to have sex. So I don't know if you caught yeah. that. Did I not um, catch? Well, are you kidding me? I've been reminded of that for the last week. Lots of phone calls, oh, lots man. of emails. I've only gotten two emails. Wait, but- why is that going to you? Well, I'm the I'm the lead guy. Uh, stops there. Yeah, I was going to say something else stops. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm you, I'm going. No, the buck stops a few doors down. Go ahead and send it that way. Forget it. Oh, you know, Bo has gotten a lot too. But yeah, uh, for really those of funny. you who haven't listened to the episode, there was a little bit of misunderstanding with something that Bo said over. Did you guys talk message. about that in the last? She podcast? talks about it on the behind the message. Great. Podcast. Oh yeah. man, Clears go it check it out. Bit. Go check it out. And maybe even what I said needs to be cleared up. Go listen to that if you haven't listened to it already. <laughs> okay. Go back to the Psalms, um, this concept that you shared about God being a safe place, a yeah. refuge, a, a hiding place. Uh, in our world, not a lot of safety, not a lot of relationships that we know are safe. And so talk about this, maybe in your life, how this concept of God being your safe place. So let me go back. I mean, all the way to when I was a kid, I, I, was, I was very much an introvert. I didn't have very many friends, definitely didn't trust a lot of people. And so I didn't, there was nobody in my life um, that I could actually be real with that I, I could share that what, you know, I mean, when I went through middle school, it was awful because I was by myself. Hmm. And, but I found early on that, that God was always there. And I know that sounds cliche and I know that that, but I truly found a place that I could run to, to be honest and to be real and to like, this is this life sucks right now or life is great right now. And there's somebody who's not judging me and not condemning me and embracing me and my joy and my, you know, whatever. And that I learned that early on, Evan, and that has stayed with me through life. Um, and I, and I think that's what I want people to find this summer is they don't have to, they can disclose as much as they want or little as they want. I mean, but to, if they can find that place where they can trust God mm. with everything, that is a w- really cool place to be because there is, I mean, he is trustworthy with mm. it. Not only that, he actually will give you help in your time of need. But if we never acknowledge that we're in need, what's he going to do? Yeah. I mean, and but but when we do, he's he's always met me in that that hiding place. You know, I was thinking about it, as a kid, you, there's places that you go to that you can just escape, you know, physical spaces that you can just close the door, or, you know, and you just, you're alone. And that silence is, is sometimes really good. And in this world, we have no, there are no places like that. We have to create them. And I think I want people to see the importance of that. 
I was, uh, we were walking around on, on our vacation, not to bring it up again. Ben, oh my gosh, where was your vacation at? <laughs> uh, Italy. Rome. Well, we were walking around in the cities, and uh, this was probably my favorite thing about these massive cathedrals that you walk in, is that the chaos of the street, the crowds and the noise and the traffic and the stress, and then you walk into these spaces, and it's just quiet. And there's just peace. And I, I that's probably what I appreciated most. I, you know, I don't go on vacations hoping to have these really big revelations or anything, but that was kind of a moment for me of just this sense of it changes the environment when you walk into that safety of the sanctuary, you know, that the presence of God where it's just like just this hush falls over mm-hmm. and it's a different environment. And I, I kind of feel that way when I hear you talk about the safety that God offers, but not just a retreat a retreat with, you know, power, a retreat yeah. with mm. something that we need. I, th- I think in the life of Jesus, you know, he's going away to be with the Father, but not just to get away, to come back with something. Some intentionality to it, yeah. And silence. I mean, my wife and I, there are times where we will sit together in silence, and we're really comfortable with that. Mm. And, there, and we're not, it doesn't get awkward. It's not like we got to fill the space with words. Because our life is so filled with that stuff already. I mean, it's there's so much noise. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a place, even once a week, where you can steal away this summer and just be quiet? Mm. And I'll guarantee you God will show up there, and he won't fill the space with things you got to do and, you know, in condemnation and words that, hey, you, need to, you haven't been doing this, you need to be – he'll just be silent with you. That – Wow, right? I mean, that would be an amazing moment, just like I'm with God. I, I know I am, wow. whether it's by on the river trail or, you know, maybe you hike up Pilot Butte. Maybe it's, you know, going out into the Three Sisters Wilderness and just being alone, quiet, silence. I, I, I'm looking forward to that. You touched a little bit just on this subject just a second ago when you talked about feeling really lonely in junior high. When I think about the Psalms, I think about loneliness a lot because I think they're written in lonely moments very often, especially for David, you know, maybe he's hiding or or whatever the case is. What can maybe the lonely person take away from a long series like this Psalms? You're never alone. So that for me, and is I've constantly struggled with loneliness, feeling alone. Even though I got a, an amazing wife, some great kids, I just there's times in my life where I just keep coming back. Man, I feel lonely, you know. And it's in those moments where I I remind myself I am not. And I know that I know for a lot of people maybe they've never experienced God that way. Um, but I hope people will lean into the Psalms mm. this summer and find Him there yeah. in their loneliness. That literally they could say. I'm never alone because he's always with me. Um, he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He'll never abandon me. He's always present with me. And the Psalms reminds me of that. Yeah. I remember writing, I was um, just a few months after Chase died. I, rem- I re- remember riding over the pass on my motorcycle and just really just suffering, right? I mean, this, talk about feeling alone. And I put on the Psalms. And I just, I was on my Bluetooth helmet and I just listened to the Psalms literally all the way from Bend to the Valley and all 150 of them. And I, by the time I, by the time I got to Psalm probably 60, (laughs) I didn't feel alone. 
I mean, I was just reminded, I was fill, just filling my mind with uh, God is there. God is present. God is fighting for me. God is, God is my refuge. God won't abandon me. He won't leave me to my enemies. All of these, these Psalms just kind of just inundated me with that reality that I am not ever alone, even if I am on my bike by myself feeling like everybody's deserted me. I'm not. I'm never alone. You can't escape. And that's an interesting thing to hear from you. You know, you have a, a big staff, uh, a really, you know, quote unquote, successful, flourishing church here at Westside. You stand up often on a stage in front of many, many, many people. Um, it's interesting to me and maybe potentially to a lot of people that are listening to this podcast that someone like Steve Mickle can find himself often feeling lonely, you know, but but I really think loneliness <laughs> She's been, thanks, man. is a... Uh, <laughs> Really anyway, that's our uh, that's our podcast for today. Um, well, well, part really. of it then is is um, is my personality, and then part of it is leadership. And I I don't know how many leaders of businesses um, and you know that are that are listening, but the the higher you go, so to speak, in an organization, the lonelier it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be that. I'm I'm realizing that. Um, I think for me that has been. The discovery is that I can trust the people around me and I can let them in to that aloneness and I don't have to be alone and I don't have to lead by myself like a lot of leaders I think do. And so, yeah, yeah, loneliness I think is a struggle of any leader of of an organization, but it doesn't have to be. I think it can be surprising for people um, to find out that many times people stand on the stage or speakers I think are wired as introverts. I think probably it's a disproportionate amount Mm -hmm. of public speakers are introverts. And so you would expect after, you know, this great message or sermon or talk or whatever, you go to meet the person and they're, they're not this bubbly, give me a hug kind of person. It's like, well, he's just faking it. Well, no, it's not. They're just tired. (laughs) But sometimes I think the assumption is, oh, well, that guy's that guy would never feel alone. Look at him. The, the people love him and he's sure. laughing. <laughs> but that isn't always how it actually is. Yeah, like comedians who are right. sometimes the most miserable people on the planet and they yeah. make people laugh for a living. Yeah. You know, it's you just have to be aware of that um, wherever you're at, whatever you do, that, that sometimes the public persona uh, is not always indicative of the private. Um, not that I, we're fake because we're not, but... Um, it's, it is different. There's something that happens. And I, some would say that it's the anointing of God. Um, I would say that, that there's something different for me when I get up on in front of people that God just seems to show up and say what he wants to say, yeah. the way he wants to sh- yeah. say it with the energy that he gives me to, to say it. So, Yeah, and I'd like to think we're all more respectable and authoritative and um, you know magnetic because God is with us and yeah. not just because well, my personality, my skill set, whatever. But that's what happens. Like people are drawn when hopefully the Holy Spirit is at work. Yeah. We've got a guy, for instance, I love t- talking about Carter. Um, Carter Quigley, um, some of you might know him. He's a, he's, his dad is a pro at the athletic club here in Bend, and he is the top tennis player in the Northwest. He'll prove it this weekend, I hope, at the state tennis tournament. Wow. Go Storm. And yeah, go Storm. And he is an, <laughs> I mean, he, like, when he gets out on the court, 
you would think that he would tear your head off. I mean, he is so competitive and so focused and so intense that you're actually kind of like, is, is he this way like all the time? And yeah. the, But when he comes off the court, he is like the nicest he's kid. He's the sweetest kid. Yeah. I mean, he's just like so like, I mean, he's for you. He wants the best for you. And you're like, oh, I didn't expect that, you know? And I think that's true for anybody in any kind of career or lifestyle is that, um, you know, there's moments like when soldiers go into battle that, you know, they're different. They're different than when they're in the barracks, right? And so I think there's something to that. And I don't know how we got off on that. But the Psalms is interesting yeah. with that because the Psalms will actually show King David as a poet, right. as a warrior, right. um, as a as a father, sometimes good, sometimes bad father, right? It'll, it'll show all those things. And it just gives us permission uh, to be ourselves. And that's that's the interesting thing is sometimes you read through it and you're like, man, David, you've got some serious emotional health issues, you know? <laughs> and, and then you really stop and you examine it and you go, oh my gosh, that's me. Like, I've done that. I've made that flip from really trusting God to really having considerable doubt, sometimes in the same day or the same hour. And I think even just that, not even just a specific theme, but the overall theme going through the Psalms and really riding the roller coaster of it, so to speak, is going to teach, it some, teach us something in and of itself. Yeah, and even just talking about this, man, it stirs something in me to say, I want to be more, I guess, me, you know? Yeah. I think the pressure we put on ourselves is step outside yourself, you know, try to be better, try to be something that you're not yet. And sometimes I think what Psalms is doing is giving us permission to say, this is who I am, mm. and yet I'm accepted by God, and He has a place where I can do that, and be safe in it. And I, I guarantee you, Evan, is the more we do that with him, the more confidence we'll have being ourselves with the people that we love, even on social media, where we're our truest selves, not just in his presence in that hiding place, but also in life. And imagine a community that everybody gets that well, and the amazing. kind of safety that we would have um, to do all the things we want to do, but that are, we're held back uh, because we lack that safety. Man, when everybody comes to grips with what it's like to exist in a safe community. Man, yeah, that's good. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us uh, this week, Steve. We're looking forward to the rest of this series. Go Storm. Uh, go Storm. <laughs> no, no. You guys, we can't do this too much. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we can edit this down. Go Cougars. If, other if you guys, go Cougars. Yeah. Go Lava Bears. Oh, no, there we I'm go. for everybody. Yeah, I'm a Cougar. 2003, baby. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, please do so. Check us out at BehindTheMessage.org. And all our messages are archived at WestsideChurch.org. Thank you.